Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 32 of He Said, She Said. I'm your host, Sierra. And I'm Eric. And this week we are going to be talking about a story that hit the news recently. It was in the news in the past. It's kind of a few years old, uh, but some new things have come with the story. And so we're going to be talking about that today. And the story we're going to be talking about is Alicia Navarro. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Yeah. So before we get started, I just wanted to make sure to mention Earthly. So Earthly has tons and tons of great products. They have wonderful supplements, tinctures, any type of product for your house, for your skincare, anything like that. So hop on over to our bio and get 10% off on your first order. Yeah. So rolling into this, it's a pretty crazy story. So recently this girl just showed up at a police station after being missing since 2019. And before we get into the recent part where she just showed up, we'll go ahead and give some backstory about her disappearance back in 2019. Alicia Navarro was a 14-year-old girl about to turn 15 when she went missing in 2019 in Glendale, Arizona. Alicia, described as smart and introverted, was said to have ASD, Autism Spectrum Disorder, and was a little more awkward in social settings, so this led to her kind of being very active in online gameplay such as Fortnite, Minecraft, and other MMORPGs. Which you totally understand that much more than I do. Yeah, so MMORPG is a massive multiplayer online role-playing game. Yep, what I had no idea what that meant. Back in the day, me and my buddies, we played something called RuneScape. Okay, (laughs) I don't think I've ever even heard of that. Yeah, so on the night of September 15th, 2019... Alicia was playing her game as normal, and her mom, as always, told her not to stay up too late. Alicia, uncharacteristically, asked her mother what time she would be going to sleep. So, kind of weird, right? And moms, like, always know, like, that That was a different question. Like It was. It yeah. was. So, the next morning, her mother, Jessica, said it was a normal morning, and the two other kids were down for breakfast. She just figured Alicia was sleeping in a little bit because she played a little bit later than normal. Well... She noticed the back door kind of slightly cracked open. So she ran outside to ensure everything was still there, everything was okay, right? You know, she thought maybe it could have been a break-in or some sort of like that. Like an attempt even. Yeah. So she ran out there. She found a stack of chairs and some other yard tools and stuff stacked against a wall, almost as if someone was trying to get in or get out. Mm. She immediately ran upstairs to Alicia's room and her heart sank. The room was empty. See, so like... I've always I've always wondered this. Like, at what point do we stop checking on Alaric and like stop <laughs> We with... keep the monitor in there forever. <laughs> I know, like he's got I mean he's two, so yeah. so we've got the, the monitor. It's like at what point do we stop doing that? And like mm-hmm. when we take the monitor out, like seriously, how how am I gonna do that? Like how am I gonna be able to sleep? <laughs> how am I gonna not like go in his room and check on him? And how am I not, that's not, how's that not going to be the first thing I do? I mean, I'm not saying any shade to the mom whatsoever. No, I'm just no, like, not at all. I'm just like, since our kid is so young, it's so hard for me to like fathom like, oh, they're just sleeping. Like, yeah, because that's not our norm right now. Yeah. But, you know, as at 14. Older, yeah, exactly. You're not going to have a monitor in your kid's room yeah. at 14. And I mean, gosh, I, if I could sleep in at 14, I totally would have too. Yeah. So probably was like nothing. And a lot of times kids and adults with asd like they have really bad sleep problems Mm -hmm. so they will stay up later and then 
sleep in later. So could have been her norm. But Yeah. Once she determined Alicia was not there, the room was empty, she immediately called the police and she also called some neighbors and began searching for Alicia themselves. I would have done the same thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like, I, mean, I would have freaked out. Yeah, I mean, one of us probably would have started searching while the other stayed home to call. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it, when, yeah you would have been staying home to call. I would have <laughs> had to, it would have to have been me. Yeah, when police arrived, Jessica told them everything and even gave them her ideas as to what could have happened or how she could have left. You know, with the chairs and getting over a wall and stuff like that. This mom was on it. Like, she if was. you listen to any of her interviews and stuff, she was on it. And like you said earlier, she has other kids, too. Mm-hmm. And that just like goes to show what a freaking awesome mom she is because she's still being a mom to her other kids. But then also she was putting in work. Yeah. Yeah. To note, too, also, you know, granted, you know, she does have kids, but she actually quit her full time job once Alicia was diagnosed with ASD. Yeah. And I can definitely resonate with that. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot. So uh, the police, the mom. They had found that Alicia had taken her cell phone and her laptop with her. Uh, it was said that she actually left her laptop charger, so maybe she was coming back. Yeah. But it, obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. The police opened a missing persons investigation and the search was on, but it almost seemed like Jessica had to really push tooth and nail to make sure things were done. And unfortunately, I feel like that happens so often in it cases. Does. But like... A 14-year-old girl, come on, especially one with with special needs. And she was also, she had medication that she Mm -hmm. had to take. She did. And... She was autoimmune compromised. Yeah. So that right there with all of her special needs, that's a huge risk. And they should, uh, I would be so mad. Yeah. But Jessica was really an advocate and pushed every chance she got to find her missing daughter. Okay. So, you know, like I said, she's out pounding the pavement and making Mm -hmm. sure like talking to neighbors checking seeing if they had any security footage if they could have seen her leave or whatever it wasn't until i either want to i think it was the next day yeah or maybe two days later uh she was in her daughter's room and she found a note and the note said i ran away i will be back i swear i'm sorry signed alicia see now i find this to be really weird because where was this note that the police didn't find it when they did their investigation. I know. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and, then, and like you said, since she didn't bring her laptop charger, she didn't bring any of her medicine, she probably seriously did intend on coming back. Yeah. Okay. So once she found, you know, all of this information, her daughter's missing, she found the note, Jessica started pushing to have Alicia be issued a silver alert. Which generally a silver alert, I think I even explained to you what it was like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Because we always we were see driving it on, and I yeah. was like, what's a silver alert? And usually it's for like senior citizens, but with Alicia's autism, she, her mom fought for her to be qualified yeah. to be on the silver alert. And she was actually the first minor yep. to be issued the silver alert in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So. Jessica started to reach out to a nonprofit organization that helps find missing persons. So if you guys don't know what that is, it's basically like a private investigator. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of unfortunate. Obviously, there's no step by step once something like this happens. And Jessica really wished that she would have known about this sooner because she said that she wishes this is the first thing she did. Yeah. Was reach out to this nonprofit 
And I mean, because they dedicated about 50 hours a week to, yeah, to trying to find uh, Alicia. We were talking about that when I had you like listen to the case. And Mm -hmm. because, you know, for those of you who obviously don't know, this happened, but like we said, back in 2019, and it, it all really changed on the 23rd of July of this year. So I was having Eric listen to the case and because it was coming up and I was like, wow, that was, you know, that's really amazing that all of this kind of changed. But yeah, yeah. so like, like I was saying, we were talking because when I had you listen to it, we were talking, I was like, how do you move on? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, because I mean, people have bills, you have your life to do. It's like, how, how, if you had to work, how would you go back to work? You know? Yeah, that would be so hard. It would be impossible. Like, there's no way that I could do that without, because like, that would be my full-time job at that point. Yeah. And then having two other kids too, that you have to take care of and, you know, be sane for. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, they're going through it too. Their sister went missing. And so it's like, I I do, I feel really bad for her. And there should be more help to parents mm-hmm. out there. There was another case that I was actually listening to, and she was talking about how she's trying to put together, she called it a playbook of like what to do when your child goes missing and yeah. who to contact like like step by step by step because her son went missing and then was found, I think about 10 days later, he was drowned in oh. a river. So... Yeah, and like Jessica said, it's like there there isn't anything out there like that. Yeah. So something like this could be super beneficial, especially with all the stories you hear about human trafficking oh, and gosh, missing yes. children. So that yep. would be really interesting to put together and have put out there. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, though, to think why Alicia went missing. Like, was this someone that lured her away from her online chats so that would that was definitely my first thought, and I also I mean it was also Jessica's first thought, mm-hmm. her mom, because I guess there was an incident a couple of years before. I think it was back in 2017. Yeah, where she had found some text messages on her daughter's phone, and she contacted police. Jessica contacted police right away, reported it, talked to Alicia, and said, you know, you cannot just talk to anybody online, mm-hmm. and you know had the whole talk with her, did exactly what she should have done. And then obviously something that we've also uh, noticed, you can't, if if someone with autism, if that is like their world, you cannot take that away from them. You can't. Because, I mean, just like Jessica said, that it improved her quality of life. Mm -hmm. So, and that's how she had friends and she talked and she felt very comfortable talking to people through her online world. Yeah. So that would be like us trying to take Lark's planets away. Yeah, <laughs> like, and so you can't bash Jessica at all, right? She was the mom and she realized that the online activity brought some normalcy to Alicia. Mm-hmm. And she really, you know, pounded in the fact of all these important steps to take to avoid, you know, any situations yep. within the online community. The, the scary thing is, too, like anybody can pretend to be yeah. a 14-year-old. Jessica did nothing wrong, yeah. right? It's it's just the fact that there's creepos out there mm-hmm. and, you know, criminals that will they, dig in and Yeah. They 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 honestly seek out yes. younger kids, impressionable kids, and and I have said this so many times too since and it did like it was described in another article that Alicia was high functioning autism. Yep. Supposedly 
that's not like the proper term anymore, but I don't... Yeah, it's just all generalized as ASD now. Right. Or it's low support needs, high support needs. So, but I still say high functioning. And that's Alaric. I mean, he's pretty <laughs> high functioning. Yep. And, but he, I feel like he's also, it's like at that fine line where he's, he seems, quote, normal, but he also needs some super support in other areas. Yeah. So it's like she may have fallen right in that sweet spot where she's autistic and seems pretty normal, but she's kind of more on the naive side or, mm-hmm. you know, just very trusting. And yeah. yeah, I think, you know, too, it's like obviously she cared about her family and, you know, maybe somebody threatened to hurt, you know, her family and said, you know, if you don't come with me. So the thing is, too, when investigators, you know, did their investigation and tried to go through these online chats, you know, that information isn't really stored for a long period of time. The chats, you know, those are only stored for a little bit. But if you do voice chats, audio, yeah. I mean, those those are just disappear. There's there's no record of those, really. It'll say like timestamps is what I read. But yeah, it doesn't have any recording of the audio. And yeah, I mean, like like Jessica said, she was very family oriented and like she was very nervous in social situations. So she had to have felt very comfortable with whoever she was talking to if she was lured out then. And she I just I feel like she really thought like she was just going to go out and meet up for a little bit and then come back. Maybe. So this brings us to current day. On July 23rd, 2023, Alicia walked into a Montana police department and asked to have herself taken off the missing persons list so that she could get a driver's license and continue on with her life more normally. So let's just kind of backtrack a little bit so everyone's still up to speed. She went missing in Arizona. Glendale, Arizona, September 15th, 2019. Uh Uh-huh. And her family still lives in Arizona. But yeah, she walked into a Montana police department. It was said the police department was 40 miles away from the Canadian border. That is so scary. Yeah, I mean, that's literally the top of the United States, like exact opposite of where she was. Yeah. And her mom did say, and, you know, while they were searching, she doesn't know how to go through, you know, public transportation. She Mm -hmm. would need help with it. She, again, has her medication. She kind of can't really navigate things on her own. I mean, heck, at 14, I don't think I could have navigated stuff on my own, and especially with ASD. And then, of course, she was still missing through 2020. Can you imagine being a mom with knowing that your daughter is missing, is immunocompromised, and the pandemic is going on? That would be so terrifying to think about. Also, it's like, I feel like that was like a prime time for child traffickers to, yeah. Heck yeah. You know, everybody's wearing a mask. You can only see people's eyes. Yeah, that's so sketchy. Yeah. And yeah, that was like, probably you're right, like the perfect time, even though a lot of places were shut down. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's still, you could, you could get away with some stuff, I'm sure. Oh yeah. The authorities eventually announced that she was safe, seemed fine and good health. And that's great, right? You know, it's great that she was found alive, you know, that her family doesn't really have to live in anguish or with the unknown anymore, right? Like her mother even released a statement stating how happy and thankful she was, which, you know, why wouldn't she? She was ecstatic that 
her daughter was alive. And yes, I think she even like had a little well. bit of communication with her daughter as well. See, and that's that's great. And that would be such a hard pill to swallow that you're 14, if, if that really, you know, if that was all that it was, like your 14-year-old just decided to leave mm-hmm. and that was that. And then, you know, four years later, you find out they're okay and they're alive and they did it on purpose. And I mean... If she, if she was honestly fine, you know, like if a lark, if a lark did that and he was honestly fine and he was happy that I would, I would have to take that and say, it would be a tough pill to swallow. Heck yeah, it would be. Yeah. Part of me would be like ticked off. Like, why didn't you just contact me and tell me you were okay? And I, I don't know, but then I guess she maybe had to wait till she was 18. So that way she wouldn't be forced to come back home, I guess. Maybe that was her thought. Maybe. But yeah, that would be really hard, but it would be such a relief to know that she was okay and, you know. Yeah, like I said, great that she came forward, great she's alive, seemed okay, but I feel like this is definitely just the beginning. Oh, yeah. There has to be so many questions. Like, the police, I feel like they still need to continue the investigation. Yes, they do. I mean, she went missing at 14. Right. So, why did she run off? Was she with someone? Is someone else responsible? Like... There's so much, and I'm sure everyone wants to know. And it's like when the mom, you know, did have communications with her, I'm sure she had so many questions and she probably just had to bite her tongue. Yeah. I mean, she obviously had to have been with someone this whole time. Mm -hmm. And I did read a few things. I'm not sure. So supposedly she had been living with a man and there was allegedly a fight where she threatened to, quote, go back just one day before she turned herself into the police station. Yeah, so this was an article that came out uh, the 26th or 27th, and uh, I guess the news team or whatever was actually in touch with a neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it says, quote, I was here the other day and I heard them yelling. She said, I will go back, but that's all I heard. And that was from a 22-year-old neighbor. And that was the day she turned herself in. So... To me, it kind of sounds like she wanted to go back, like she didn't want to be there, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the neighbor also, you know, described seeing them a few times. She said He said actually roughly about 30 times that he had seen Alicia and this man uh, leaving and entering this apartment. So they lived in this apartment in Montana. Who knows how long they had lived there, but the witness uh, had lived there about a year, year and a half. And he said that they were there before he got there. Yeah. So they had been living in Montana for, you know, that length of time. And he said that she still had her braces on and that her oral hygiene didn't look that great. <gasps> oh, She disappeared thing. with braces in 2019. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I did not. I mean, I knew she had braces, but I didn't even like. And that's so weird because I worked in dental. You would think <laughs> that I would like think of that. Oh, poor thing. Yeah, so the witness said that she looked like a teenager. So he said, the teenager appeared scared and had a scratchy voice and noticeably insufficient dental hygiene. Her braces looked pretty bad. She had braces on when she went missing in 2019. So yeah, because I guess she had like came up to this guy at one point and was asking to borrow his phone or something. So yeah, and there is a picture actually posted in this article. I think it was this one, maybe the other one. But so Alicia was almost underdeveloped. 
Which is common with ASD. Right. So, you know, she she looked really young. You know, she was 14 when she disappeared, but they said she looked like she was 10. Yeah. So she's 18 now. And the pictures that they did comparisons with, she looks even younger than when she disappeared. That's so sad. Yeah. And then another quote says, she said she was walking around with her uncle and got lost. Yeah. So this man was uncle. Yeah. And it's said i later found out she was referring to the guy that she was Mm -hmm. staying with as her uncle yeah so the neighbor's girlfriend was around 23 and she said she watched alicia go into a quote random house and figured she had found someone who could help her yeah and alicia called her neighbor mr which the 22 year old man found odd because he noticed she wasn't very much younger yeah, so he he thought that they were a little close in age for her to be calling him Mister. Yeah, so sad. She was probably so scared. Probably. I mean, who knows? This could have been the first time she was like had any time alone. Yeah. Yeah. So it says Navarro is still being considered a victim. Um. So obviously, there's still going to be investigation coming out. So this uncle, this man that she was with, right? Mm-hmm. Um. The couple of witnesses uh, described him. Uh, in his late 20s, give or take, uh, police actually said Friday that a man was detained in question in connection to Navarro's disappearance, though it is unclear whether it was the same individual as the witnesses had uh, you know, pointed out and the man that she shared the apartment with. Mm. So supposedly, and you know, this did come from the police, but <laughs> Alicia told the police she was not being held against her will and could come and go freely, and she said she had not been hurt. Police have said she does not face any criminal charges, which I don't understand why she would face any criminal charges anyways. Yeah, I'm sure that's just something they have to put out in their general statement. Yeah, but so far, it also kind of looks like that's really the only information that's been out. Yeah, so literally the only information out right now is these couple of interviews with the neighbor and a witness across the street. And, you know, there's just... So many unanswered questions still. Yep. And it's not it's not even clear, like, if she's back with her family in Arizona. She's not from everything I've looked into. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Did it say if she's still living with that guy? Nope. Interesting. Yeah, I was actually looking at that picture that you said, and you're, you're totally right. She does look so much younger. Yeah. So, like, she looked young already in 2019 when she disappeared, and... She looks almost even younger in 2023. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But again, you know, I feel like this is definitely not the last of this story, and there will only be more coming out in the future. Yeah, so there's definitely going to be more coming out, and, you know, however it pans out, I just hope that, you know, they help her in the right way if, you know, she actually was being held against her will and she was kind of like brainwashed. I was just about to say that, yeah, because it's like, it's so easy Especially if you're a naive young person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just looking at Halaric, like, he's so sweet. <laughs> I feel like he could, and I know comparing a two-year-old to a 14-year-old is, you know, apples to oranges. But yeah. it's like, I just feel like his personality, he's so sweet and so trusting that oh, yeah. he would just go along and like, oh, no, they weren't hurting me. They They were helping me. They were, they had, I had fun with them. They mm-hmm. took me to all these places. and. So it's like, it's really scary. And just like what Jessica said, you know, you can't rip away 
the internet completely. No. Especially no. if that's something that she truly enjoyed and like made her feel happy and had friends. Mm-hmm. And then I know there was an interview, I think it was with a, maybe their private investigator. I'm not quite sure, but he said like today's time, it is so scary because used to like when we were growing up, you know, we could come inside, lock our doors. We never locked our doors in the country, but, you know, come inside, shut your doors, lock your doors, your windows, everything, and then you're safe. Yeah. And, but now it's like kids her age and obviously younger, they've immediately grown up with phones and the internet. internet. Yep. And it's like, I even asked you a long time ago, had nothing to do with this case or anything. It was like, did you guys have a computer room at your house? Like, <laughs> so we had a designated room. Yeah. That was like for the computer and it was dial up. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, you couldn't be on the phone, like the landline phone. Yep. And we didn't get high speed until I was out of high school because we live so far out in the country. And then my parents <laughs> finally just got Wi Fi within like the last probably, I don't know, eight years. Yeah. So it's like, we're so slow to it all, but like those kids grew up with it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's kind of their life. And it's not as scary to them because they just do it every day. And they log on and they see this little avatar (laughs) that's, you know, looks like a kid and could say they're a kid. And, you know, there's no tracking it. And it's just scary. I mean, heck, freaking Alaric knows how to work the iPad. Yeah, he's two years old and he's he's pretty good with the iPad already. It's scary. It is. And we don't even let him have it that often. No. Like that long of a period of a time. And it's like, so I downloaded YouTube Kids because I have all the parent controls. Like I handpick what videos he can watch. And we used to not let him use regular YouTube. Well, then he found out how to get off of the YouTube Kids app and go to regular YouTube. And so... <laughs> I only let him use it like here and there or if like one day of the week where I don't get up before him and shower, like I'll let him have it while I take a shower. Mm -hmm. And I think this was like two weeks ago. I told you he was on regular YouTube, even though I gave him YouTube kids and he started out with that Mm -hmm. and he went to regular YouTube. He was on some sort of live video feed and it was so creepy. It was like, it looked like it was meant for kids but it also looked so creepy that like they were being playful but it was so scary like this was it like a video of like kids playing with toys no it was two adults this woman i told she was like and like it looked like she was like a like an anatomy muscle suit like oh yeah you did tell me this one all like all the way zipped up like to her head and she was like chasing around this other guy like through their house and I was like, what in the hell are you watching? Yeah. And what's crazy is it's like, those are the videos that like kids get zoned into. Yes. Like, oh, I know. It's just so weird. Like, yeah. what is it about these weird videos that like just catches the, the attention of these kids? And I, I think that that's like intentional. I know we've talked about it before, like, you know, the frequencies and music and how it like really affects your mood and stuff mm-hmm. just like coco melon we do not let a lark watch coco melon <laughs> but he'll sit there and like if i hand him the ipad he'll flip through his you because now I, I had to delete the actual youtube app yeah so he'll flip through all his youtube kids but if he was to watch coco melon he would stare at it like he would not change it and i'm yeah. like why because it's not any different songs than what super simple songs is 
So I think there's something in it that they like they know is going to draw kids in. And it's probably like I think we have talked about it kind of like almost like brainwashing where it like flashes certain things. It's like kids don't really register it, but like it's in there. So, yeah, it's just it's scary. And there's just too much out there for you to control it all. You just have to be upfront with your children, explain to them the dangers, Mm -hmm. the threats, and make sure they know what they're getting themselves into and what to watch out for. And that's unfortunately all you can do. Yeah, it's it sucks. And because I was talking with one of my friends, like, I like that he has games on Mm -hmm. his tablet, but I also don't like that it's a tablet like i wish there was something like how back in the day we had our game boy color and stuff yeah like those are freaking non-existent now and we could find them one it's probably about 10 times the price oh what yeah it was in the 90s and early 2000s exactly so it's like <laughs> that's kind of out of the question and why does everything have to have internet access yeah and because like i was even looking at this leapfrog tablet and it's for kids but it has a freaking internet access I'm like, why? Why do they need it? If you have all this, you know, educational apps and stuff, why do they need to get on the freaking internet? Why does a two-year-old need to get on the internet? Yeah, it's it's just a little ridiculous. Yep. And then anytime, so like when he would accidentally get on the regular YouTube app, he would click the ads and stuff. We kind of joked about it. Like he would, he was look at like these college campuses you remember that <laughs> i was like enroll now i'm like you're too young to enroll in college but it's like why is that even popping up on a kid's video yeah why are those ads coming up it's just i think it's so scary and i know and i think that's how predators know they can get kids yeah so we're kind of going off on another tangent here right we we obviously could talk about our son and just these dangers and experiences for a very long time yeah uh, again, I feel like this is definitely not the last of this story and more will come out. When more does, maybe we will do a second episode, a follow-up. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, we're extremely happy that Alicia was found alive and in some semi-good health. So yes. that's always really good news. Yep. So if anybody has any questions, topics, you know, shoot us a message on our social media at ACS Entertainment LLC. And be sure to click that link in our bio. You can find all of our other episodes and you can find those great earthly products. Make sure you tune in next week for another new episode of He Said, She Said.